Hello there. I'm Ralph Kern, the President and Chief Medical Officer of Brainstorm Cell Therapeutics. It's a real privilege today to make a presentation at the 2020 CIRM grantee meeting. Look forward to the discussion after the presentation. We uh, are advancing our cell technology uh, platform, which is a unique product. It's unique because it's autologous and convenient. Our neuron autologous cell therapy uses patients' own cells. The safety and cell persistence of the autologous product is an important characteristic. We use cryopreservation, which essentially creates an off-the-shelf product for each patient. A single bone marrow harvest creates several years of therapy. We have a short cycle time and only seven days from thawing to injection in the clinic. Our product is also consistent and reliable does not use animal proteins, there's no xenocontamination, no use of antibiotics, genetic modifications or viral vectors are used in the manufacturing process. Neuron is culture rescued after thawing, which creates a high cell viability and consistent performance characteristics. Finally, we use cell potency as a release criteria. Our platform technology is, in, is also unique in that we have consistent read-through of biologic measures from in vitro through animal in vitro testing, and finally in human biomarker studies. The three characteristics of our cells are that of neuroprotection, neurotrophic support, and immunomodulation. These have been consistently seen in all of our uh, preclinical work and also in our phase two ALS biomarker studies. Finally, the consistent safety across clinical trials and across indications supports platform technology. Our platform, as you can see, is expanding. Our ALS program is the most advanced, and we'll have data uh, from this study at the, end of, at the end of November. We have a progressive MS trial that's fully enrolled and will be fully dosed by the end of this year. And we're looking at advancing our therapeutic pipeline in Alzheimer's disease and other neurodegenerative diseases as well. We have preliminary preclinical work of MSC-NTF-derived exosomes in ARDS which is an area of very uh, high interest these days, given the COVID pandemic. Our manufacturing process is fast, consistent, and reproducible. Cells are derived from the bone marrow where they're harvested and sent to the manufacturing site for purification and expansion. Following uh, this 12-day process, we cryopreserve an intermediate product, which creates an off-the-shelf product for each individual, enabling retreatment for three years or longer. The cells are then thawed, expanded, and induced to differentiate into MSC-NTF cells, which secrete high levels of neurotrophic factors and other repair molecules. And this second step in the process takes approximately seven days. Our cells are then loaded into a syringe, and 100 to 125 million cells are then administered via intrathecal administration in a lumbar puncture procedure, which can be done as an outpatient as well. And uh, this is uh, a well-characterized uh, process that we have repeated many times in our clinical trials. And we're very uh, confident that this can be a practical approach uh, following uh, successful commercialization and approval. The characteristics of the cells are very important. In addition to uh, very high purity, the cells are uh, demonstrated to secrete high levels of neurotrophic factors, including GDNF, BDNF, VEGF, and HGF. These are five to 10x changes, and these contribute to their mechanism of action. In addition, the cells have known immunomodulatory effects. They reduce 
uh, cytokines, but in addition are also, have also been shown to expand T regulatory cells. And this is data from our open label phase one and two A trials that were published in uh, JAMA Neurology. We've shown in vitro that the cells can increase T regulatory cells. And you can see on the right when PBMCs are co-cultured with the cellular product that this has been uh, consistently demonstrated. So in summary, our cells have three unique characteristics. One is addressing neuronal degeneration. We've confirmed this in our phase two trial by an up to 60% reduction in caspase three in the CSF after a single treatment. The cells also restore neurotrophic support that is a consequence of loss of astrocyte function. And we have demonstrated this by cargo delivery in our phase two trial and also in our preclinical studies both in vitro and in vivo. And thirdly, the third axis of treatment is modifying immunomodulation, modifying neuroinflammation and microglial activation. We've shown consistent immunomodulation by a reduction of MCP1, SDF1, and chitotriocytase. Our ALS program is, uh, has a long history. We initially completed phase one and two A uh, open label trials where we determined dose and route of administration. That was published in JAMA Neurology, as I mentioned. Following this, we completed a randomized placebo-controlled phase two trial involving 48 patients with a single dose of our treatment, intrathecal. And this was published last year in the journal Neurology. And finally, we have completed enrollment and dosing of a 200-patient phase three trial. And this uh, will generate top-line data by the end of November. Our phase two trial design has a randomization event. There's a run-in period of 12 weeks and 48 patients are then randomized three to one to receive either treatment or placebo by intrathecal administration. We collected CSF before and after, and we followed the patients at monthly intervals to determine safety, tolerability, the functional changes, including the ALS FRS slope, slow vital capacity. And we pre-specified the fast progressor criteria where we uh, required that individuals decline by a minimum of two points in the three-month run-in period. The study showed remarkable safety. There were no uh, treatment-related serious adverse events. There were no dropouts due to SAEs. And the most common adverse event was transient mild in severity and related to the procedures. We measured function as our primary outcome measure. We used a 48-point ALS functional rating scale and this has been well validated and regulatory approved. It involves four domains involving respiration, bulbar function, fine motor function, and gross motor function. In our phase two trial, we looked at a change in rate of disease progression determined at 24 weeks. In our phase three study, we'll be looking at a responder definition and looking at the change in ALS FRS slope at 28 weeks. This is an example of the data that we've obtained in our phase two trial and showing how we analyze the outcomes. As you can see on the top in a treated patient, this individual had a rate of decline prior to treatment of minus 1.08 points per month. After treatment, the rate of decline decreased and was 0.4 points per month. This individual would be considered a responder. And you can see if they had continued on the same trajectory, the outcome would be very different. A patient who received placebo is illustrated on the bottom. You can see in the run-in period, the slope was minus 0.57 after treatment, it was, it continued um, maybe a little bit worse, but this would be a non-responder. And you, we can measure uh, both the change in slope 
we can measure the slope after treatment, and we can also measure score changes after baseline as outcome measures. In our phase two trial, you can see that the slope change, in other words, the positive change in the treated uh, individuals, which are in the blue bars, shows that there is a change in the rate of disease progression in a positive direction. Placebo patients didn't show this. When we looked at the total group, we saw an immediate effect in the rapid progressor group. It was longer and of greater magnitude. When we looked at a responder definition of a one and a half point per month improvement in this rate of disease progression, we saw that there was an improvement in the overall population, but this was accentuated in the rapid progressor group, again, defined by those who had two points per more decline in the three month run in period. And based on this data, we uh, proceeded to a uh, biomarker analysis that to provide additional support for our clinical observations. What we were able to show in our phase two trial was that we were able to deliver cargo. And this included VEGF, HGF, LIF, and other biomarkers. You can see that the placebo group on the bottom did not show any cargo delivery. We then asked a second question, in addition to cargo delivery, can we affect pharmacodynamic biomarkers, in this case, inflammatory biomarkers? We're able to show that after a single treatment, two weeks later, we're able to reduce MCP1 levels in the CSF by 40% with no effect of placebo. We also showed a reduction of SDF1-alpha by 22%, a reduction of caspase-3 by up to 60%. And we then asked a third question, which is, in addition to cargo delivery, and reduction in a pharmacodynamic biomarker, could we correlate uh, these characteristics together? And the answer is yes. On the top, you can see that there's a correlation between the MCP1 levels on the x-axis post-treatment and the VEGF uh, cargo delivery on the y-axis, showing that there's a correlation between uh, cargo delivery and pharmacodynamic biomarkers. On the bottom, we ask the next question, which is, is there a correlation between the pharmacodynamic biomarker of MCP1 on the x-axis and the improvement scores on the y-axis, which correlate to those graphs that I had shown you earlier? And the answer to that was yes, that those who had lower MCP1 levels post-treatment had greater uh, improvement scores or changes in rate of disease progression after treatment. So this was very encouraging. It led us to design a well-powered uh, phase three trial which has a randomization event following an initial run-in period. We have a bone marrow aspiration in the run-in period where the product is acquired. And then individuals are then randomized one-to-one -to, -one to receive treatment or placebo. Unlike phase two, this involves uh, three treatments. And also uh, the inclusion criteria specifies that individuals must be fast progressors. So individuals must have declined by three points or more in the three-month run-in period. The study is 28 weeks in duration. There's monthly assessments. In spite of the COVID pandemic, we were able to continue treatments throughout, um, throughout the hospital restrictions. And I'm very happy to say that the study is uh, fully enrolled and fully dosed. And we have a few remaining assessments leading to top line data by the end of November. What are we looking for in the study? We're looking at efficacy. In other words, the change in function as uh, measured by the ALS functional rating scale. Obviously, we're looking at safety, slow vital capacity, which is a measure of uh, functional measure of breathing, uh, survival, both in terms of tracheostomy free survival and mortality will be measured, as well as seven serial biomarker assessments of CSF and plasma. 
And this study, I may say, is one of the, uh, has one of the most robust collections of biomarkers of any clinical trial that we're aware of. And we believe that the combination of the very careful clinical assessments and uh, correlation of those clinical assessments with biomarker values will help uh, confirm uh, the value of this treatment in ALS. I must say that we are uh, fortunate to have great partners in addition to CIRM, and I want to recognize the funding that we've received and the support we've received all along from the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine. Uh, we want to also call out the City of Hope and Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, which have been wonderful partners to us in terms of manufacturing and product support. I also want to call out attention to the treatment centers and universities that we're very privileged to work with, including University of Massachusetts, Massachusetts General Hospital, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, UC Irvine, Cedars-Sinai, and uh, Sutter Health or CPMC in San Francisco. Without the collaboration of CIRM, our manufacturing sites, and these wonderful centers, I don't think we would be having this discussion today. And we really want to acknowledge that, uh, that support. With that, I thank you for your attention today. I'm very happy that we've been able to complete the study uh, in, in our timelines and we expect top line data by the end of November. Uh, we uh, appreciate the support and would love to take any questions during the Q&A session with you uh, that follows. Thank you very much. Thank you.